Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to episode number 14 of the Scottish History Podcast. My name is Owen Innes and once again, welcome. To those of you that are just joining us for the first time, um, again, welcome. What I do suggest that you do is, because this is episode number 14, is to go back and check out some of the earlier podcasts. The main reason being is because the way that I'm trying to do this podcast, I'm trying to do it in a story form. Uh, you know, we have part one, part two part of, of certain stories. So right now we're actually reaching the end of a story. This is going to be... Uh, the last um, episode regarding the Jacobites, Culloden, etc. So I do suggest that you go back and listen to the previous episodes. So we'll just jump straight in and, yep, as uh, as I've already alluded to here, this will be the last one really about the uh, the Jacobites and things like that. If uh, if anything else gets requested on this particular subject, then I can delve into it a little bit more. Again, it might feel a little bit rushed, but I think the, the main basis, the main bulk of the information is going to be there. So the result at the Battle of Culloden would change Scotland and arguably the world forever. The Redcoats found, captured and killed many of the Jacobite soldiers or even just Jacobite sympathisers in the immediate aftermath of the battle. Cumberland and his troops entered Inverness where numerous generals of the Jacobite army offered their surrender and a certain Captain Campbell seized the city of Inverness. Men were arrested and placed in small cells with no beds Women were captured and given a handful of oats a day and just enough water to prepare their meals. Many imprisoned and wounded soldiers were refused any sort of aid and many died with their naked corpses being carried through the streets by beggars and buried in unmarked graves in nearby churchyards. In addition to this, 36 members of Cumberland's army had deserted the uh, deserted them either before or during the battle, and these men were tried and convicted of treason and were hanged as traitors. In one instance, an English soldier plunged a sword into a hung Scottish lord and exclaimed, All his countrymen were traitors and rebels like himself. A Scottish member of Cumberland's army took exception to this, as believe it or not, more Scots fought for the Redcoats or the government army, than had ever fought for the Jacobites. A fight broke out amongst the Scots and the English because of this, and Cumberland himself was there uh, to be able to settle this particular situation. From the highlands down into the lowlands in the city of Glasgow, many people took to the streets to rejoice at the Hanoverian victory at Culloden, and Cumberland was awarded the key to the city of Glasgow, along with being made Chancellor 
of the Universities of Aberdeen and St Andrews. As the years went by, however, for Cumberland and his orders of showing no quarter becoming public knowledge, he was widely called the Butcher of Cumberland, mainly because of the butchering of the Jacobite soldiers after the battle. And still to this day, the British army do not include Culloden amongst its battle honours. So George II, we haven't talked about him for a couple of episodes, but George II, the King of Britain, if you will, at the time, then he came up with these, these ideas of dismantling the highlands of Scotland and its clan system. That was the big problem at the time, according to George II. Get rid of the clans, you get rid of the problem. So the first major act of getting rid of these clans was to introduce the Act of Proscription, which came into effect on the 1st of August in 1746. This was technically a restatement of the earlier Disarming Act in 1716, which uh, occurred just after uh, the Old Pretender. So this was uh, this was George, uh, sorry, James VIII. Uh, of Scotland and third of England, um, the father of Bonnie Prince Charlie, effectively. Uh, so it was a restatement of the earlier Disarming Act of 1716, but with more sections added in. The Act, just to be plain and simple, it banned, number one, the carrying of any weapons by any Highlanders. Number two, the wearing of any form of the Highland dress. Now that was kilts, small kilts, uh, the filibeg, sporans, anything tartan uh, was was banned. And number three, the playing of bagpipes. Bagpipes were never seen by the British government or the English or whatever way you want to put it. They were never seen as a musical instrument. Bagpipes were seen as an instrument of war played as the Jacobites went into battle. So anyone caught disobeying these orders or, or any part of this act, the, the act was, was huge. It's so long. Even just the title of the act. So the act of proscription, that's the short title for it. The long title is about three paragraphs long. It's ridiculous. But anyone who was caught disobeying the, the act or these orders would spend six months incarcerated on their first offence and transportation to penal colonies or sold off as plantation slaves on a second offence. A second new act was also introduced just after the Act of Proscription called the Heritable Jurisdictions Act 1746 that essentially signed all owned lands in the Highlands over to the British government and the Crown. And then came 1750. The largest scale breakup of the Highlands began. What has now become known as the Highland clearances. The government and the crown came to realise that large-scale sheep farming was more profitable than the small-scale crofting that had been previously the main case in the highlands. However, many of these crofters would have to be moved from the lands in order to make way for these proposed large grazing fields. So a crofter 
for those of you that don't know, it's very similar to farming, but on a very small scale. A croft would have, you know, a house for you and your family, but you would have maybe maybe a flock of 10 sheep, a couple of cows, some chickens, that sort of thing. Um, more often than not, you would be using most of the products that these animals would be uh, providing and then anything left you would so you would then sell on. Uh, the idea of large-scale farming didn't really come into effect until, you know, the, the 1750s in Scotland as such. So people were going to be moved off of these lands. So instead of having many farmers tending to a large area of land, it was just going to be one farmer, loads of sheep, loads of money, etc. So in addition to that, the taxes were raised in order to force these crofters from the lands. The, the crofters would now have to pay cash to the landowners, uh, obviously, but whereas before they were probably the landowners themselves, now with the land signed over to the Crown, then the Crown imposed these new landlords, so now the landlords were charging ridiculous taxes, ridiculous rents, in order to force the people from the lands. People were evicted, some were even forced out of their homes whilst their homes and their possessions were burned in front of them so there was no way of coming back. Some were even paid to leave and others left of their own volition. The Highlanders were forced out of their own land. The clans were finally starting to break apart. This started an influx of emigration from Scotland. People had nowhere to go. It was either go to the cities or or look further afield. They started flocking to the new worlds, America, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, for example. For 110 years between 1750 and 1860, hundreds of thousands of Scottish Highlanders were made homeless. They did not even recognise their homeland anymore. So they left these shores to find new shores for a new life. The effect can still be seen in the Highlands today. The Highlands are still very sparsely populated and a lot of land is filmed with either farming land or government forestry land. To give an example of how many people left Scotland, the tiny Isle of Skye's population circa 1745 was around the 40,000 people mark. Very small island, 40,000 people, sounds about right. Today the island's population is less than 9,000 people. That is, three quarters of the population of the Isle of Skye disappeared over the course of those 110 years. These displaced Scots found themselves in strange new lands and headed straight for the mountains. Anywhere that reminded them of home, to be honest. In Australia, you'll find the McDonald Ranges right in the centre, Argyle Wharf in Sydney Harbour, and of course the world's most remote city, Perth. All of these places named after places in Scotland. Or names from Scotland. There's even an area of Australia called Caledonia Australis, which is essentially... Scottish Australia, or Scotland in Australia. Of course, when you look towards Canada, Nova Scotia, New Scotland, um, and 
in America, you'll, you'll, you'll just find countless references to Scotland and to the Highlands absolutely everywhere from the fact that you've got, you know, towns, Edinburgh, Glasgow, you know, it's it's wide and it's, it's, it's huge. So because of these acts and uh, the loss of the Battle of Culloden, we will never know what the world would be like today. Many do believe that if the Jacobites had won at Culloden and the Stuarts took back the throne, then the American colonies would never have been lost by the British. It's all what-ifs and buts, but of course we shall never know. I will, however, leave you with this at the end of this episode with one last fact. There are over 200 million people around the world today to claim Scottish ancestry, which is 40 times the amount of people who actually live here. So again, folks, apologies for the uh, lateness of this episode getting to you. Uh, life does get in the way at times, uh, but I want to thank you once again for joining me for this episode. Um, can't believe we're up to 14 already. Uh, just before we sign off, of course, I've uh, got the uh, the plugging of the socials, etc. We will, of course, start with the Patreon. Uh, that's the main uh, the main one for me at the moment. Um, the reason being is because um, with Patreon, if you don't know what that is, um, you become a patron of the podcast every month. You can donate money to the podcast. Uh, there are two tiers. There are two donating tiers. Uh, the first of those is the most affordable tier that's only £1 per month. Um, I think in total, if you pledge a pound, you actually get charged £1.10, so 10 pence goes to Patreon sort of thing. Um, and that'll be the same with the other tier, which is £3 per month. So for either £3 a month, if you can afford that, that's about the, the cost of a pint or... Um, a cup of coffee in a coffee shop, a reasonably priced coffee shop, of course, um, or even just one pound per month, it does make a difference. The podcast does cost money uh, in order to produce, in order to put it out to you on places such as uh, Spotify and uh, and Apple Podcasts and other podcasting sites, perhaps a podcasting site that you're listening to this on. Um, so. If you keep that going, if you decide to pledge, and it's hugely appreciated. If you don't, if you can't afford it, it's totally fine. You don't have to do it to every single person that has pledged to the podcast. I appreciate it greatly um, and uh, I hope that I keep providing you with the um, content that uh, that you clearly are willing to pay monthly for it it's it's blowing my mind anyway um so of course uh, so there's the patreon so you'll find that patreon.com so uh p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash scott history pod all one word so scott history pod patreon.com forward slash scott history pod alternatively click the link below or above or wherever the links appear on wherever it is that you're looking for we are also of course on facebook so just in the search bar type in the scottish history podcast and you'll find me 
um, but it's also facebook.com forward slash scotthistorypod. We're on Twitter at scotthistorypod. You might be getting this now. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I started the Instagram page. Uh, so there is an Instagram where every so often I'll be posting pictures that I've taken, um, unless otherwise described. Uh, there'll be pictures that I've taken uh, in and around my uh, jaunts around Scotland over the uh, over the over the years. I was uh, going to see if I can maybe grab a couple of uh, older photographs. Um, of myself uh, at uh, various historical landmarks uh, throughout Scotland so uh, just maybe once a week or a couple of times a week I'll post a a picture up on there so that's all go again just search the Scottish History Podcast um, like and follow etc and as mentioned this podcast is available on Spotify Apple Podcasts and YouTube to uh, to name just a few uh, YouTube, I've set it up with playlists. So when you click on one, it will just continue. So if you click on the first episode, which is there, which is actually episode number three, it's not episode number one, unfortunately, uh, because of a technical issue with my old laptop. So you click on episode number three, and it will just play right the way through until this episode. Um, nice and handy. So, folks, uh, yeah, with with all of these, there is one last little request that I would uh, like to make uh, for those of you that uh, that either pay for the uh, Patreon or not. If you like the page, please share the Facebook page, share the Twitter, share the Instagram. Please share the podcast. It only takes one second for you to share any of the content online nowadays. You press a button to share. And then you click another button that says share and that's it, done. You don't even need to put a comment on it, just share it. The more people that get to listen to the podcast, the better for everyone in my opinion. Um, You know, this is a major passion of mine and I would like uh, to uh, spread the word to as many people as possible. So anyway, Patreon, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and of course YouTube. Uh, once again, folks, that's me out for another week. I should be back with you next Wednesday, um, potentially Thursday. I, I'm still trying to work it out how I'm going to do this with it with the whole night shift thing. But we'll get there eventually. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'll speak to you again next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.